It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. You're listening to Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now crank it up and rip the knob. Boy, that escalated quickly. Podcast partner of phillyisflyers.com. This is Getting Bullied. Mark Giannone, Dan Silver, and, um, well, the the sad day that Flyers fans had seen coming for quite some time now. Um, finally upon us, Dan. Uh, Wayne Simmons no longer a Flyer. It was sad to see him go, and, um, yeah, I mean, you look at the return, and people are not thrilled. Some people are. Some people aren't. Me and you are not thrilled with the return. Me and you were talking before um, before we started recording here, and we kind of felt like there was no plan to the day. It kind of felt like the day got away from the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher, and you know the report was at two fifty seven, three minutes before the deadline, the deal is made. Uh, Simmons goes to Nashville for Ryan Hartman and a conditional fourth round pick in twenty twenty. Uh, the pick goes to a third rounder if the Predators win a playoff series, which in all likelihood they will. So Dan when you when you know when you look at the landscape of the deadline as a whole, particularly what the Flyers did and what they didn't do, what were your thoughts when I don't know, we'll say 3:30 rolled around and you kind of had time to decompress and think about everything. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my my head around everything. Um and it's just been such a, an emotional weekend with mm-hmm. everything going on with Simmons. Obviously, he's been a flyer for eight years. He's been part of the heart and soul of this team. And everyone was expecting him to get traded because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So for a team that's likely not going to make the playoffs, there's almost no reason to keep him around. However, you know, my thought going into the deadline was that you needed to get either a first-round pick or a at least B-plus level prospect for Wayne Simmons. And the reports were that Fletcher was looking to get both a first-round pick and a decent prospect. So that's kind of how you're going into it. And what he ended up doing was neither of those things. He kind of took a different tact um, where the return, as you mentioned, was Ryan Hartman, who's a 24-year-old, NHL right winger who was drafted in the first round by the Blackhawks, I think in 2013, Mm -hmm. he had a a really good first season with the Blackhawks where he put up, uh, he put up 19 goals in his first full NHL season. That was two seasons ago as a 22 year old. And then last season, he, he really struggled with the Blackhawks, at least from a goal-scoring perspective. He only had eight goals in 57 games, and the Blackhawks then traded him to the Predators for a first-round pick. So the Predators obviously really liked Hartman a lot. They moved a first-round pick for him uh, close to the deadline, thought he was going to really help their team out. But Hartman never really found a consistent role with uh, head coach Peter Laviolette in Nashville, and in 85 games over the last, last two years, Hartman only had 13 goals and 13 assists for the Predators. This season, he was really struggling of late, only one goal in his last 32 games, and his ice time was diminishing. So I guess they decided to give up on him. Uh, or, you know, I guess saying give up on him might be a little strong, but they, they moved on from him. And now he's with the Flyers. And so Chuck Fletcher basically didn't really get a draft pick of substance. He didn't get a prospect of substance. Instead, he got a 24-year-old NHL winger who maybe still has some upside left and maybe wasn't being used properly in Nashville. But he's, uh, I don't know. I need to see him come here and prove it. I mean, all day long after the trade was made, I was voicing some displeasure on Twitter and, and getting... A lot of responses, oh, well, Hartman's a proof, you know, he's, he's scored 19 goals in his first NHL season, and, you know, his his advanced metrics are, are 
very good, and he's sort of like a Scott Lawton type of player. Well, do we really need another Scott no. Lawton type of player? And one of my other concerns is that he ultimately, so he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So the Flyers will probably re-sign him to a, I don't know, one to two year deal. I guess we'll see what happens uh, from now to the end of the season, how he plays. But he could potentially end up being like one of these guys who ends up blocking an Isaac Ratcliffe or a Wade Allison, or maybe they want to move Morgan Frost to the wing, uh, probably the left wing, but you never know with the Flyers what they're going to try and do could end up blocking a guy like, like Frost. And so, you know, to me, I don't know if the upside kind of justified with the Flyers got for Wayne Simmons. So, you know, I we'll talk a little bit more about how the day developed, but I just uh, I'm going to need to really see something out of Ryan Hartman, a guy that's only got one goal in the last 32 games. What 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 were your takes? Yeah, I mean. First off, I had never heard of Ryan Hartman before this, so I had to do some digging, do some research, and um, yeah, I saw you going back and forth with some people on Twitter. Obviously, you weren't happy about it, and you know, all I have to say to like the, some of the responses you were getting is the way I look at it is people are upset because Simmons is a fan favorite, obviously, and they're just trying to justify in their minds that this is okay and that the trade that was made is beneficial for the Flyers. And when you look at some of the moves that were made across the NHL, I, I feel like the Flyers are kind of kind of one of the biggest losers in all of this. You know, you get a conditional fourth-round pick for a guy that, you know, pretty much, I mean, he was, like you said, he was the heart and soul of the team. He, you know, he's a, he's a valuable asset on the power play. And as for Ryan Hartman, I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you have to keep going back to what he did in his rookie year in Chicago to kind of justify that this is a good move, and if his upside is 20 goals, I think I saw Bill Meltzer say that right before we started recording it, that his upside is 20 goals. Well, I I, I can't really, I, it's hard for me to get excited about bringing a guy in whose upside is 20 goals when you're right, when there's so many guys that are coming through the ranks that will be more beneficial for the Flyers and have more of a place on the Flyers for the long term than Ryan Hartman does. I mean, he's, you know, he's the gritty guy. He's a pest, as I keep saying. You know, he'll skate around and piss people off, get under their skin, and that's all fine and good. But, you know, I mean, we have one of those guys already in Travis Connecting. I would have just, you know, the whole day you're, you're, I'm on Twitter and, you know, you keep hitting your – updating the feed, trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and around like 11, 12 o'clock, maybe even earlier, I, you know, the report came out that the Flyers and Calgary had a deal in place, but Simmons uh, wouldn't waive his no-trade clause. First of all, I hate no-trade clauses to begin with, because I think they're just a detriment to sports as a whole, and, you know, we don't know how true that report is, we don't know what the deal would have been. And then after that, things kind of went silent on it, and you saw all these other teams that were potential fits for Simmons start to acquire guys, people like the Jets. Um, Nashville made a move earlier in the day that I kind of thought put them out of the running, and then you're trying to look across the whole landscape of things to see who else is out there. Then there's a report that Chuck Fletcher wanted a high first-round pick and a prospect, and in like the 12th hour of the deadline, when... You know, the bell's about to sound. It's like he was scrambling. He was just flipping through papers and took the next offer that came in, and it was Ryan Hartman and a conditional fourth-round pick. And I'm very underwhelmed by it because I thought that the Flyers were going to get something for Wayne Simmons that they could really, you know, it's hard enough losing a guy like Wayne Simmons, somebody that everybody loves so much. And I'm a big proponent of I, I don't I try not to get too, too connected to players because I, I know players come and go I try to just focus on the team itself but when you saw the the interactions between the players after the game on Saturday and you saw you know him hugging everybody him getting the helmet Drew passed the Voracek who passed it to Simmons and it's like everybody knew everybody in the locker room knew what was coming next and to soften the blow you needed a big return for Simmons and at the deadline, there's always a premium premium on guys like him for contenders, and you see teams overpay at the deadline every year, 
And if you ask me, Nashville got a steal, and the Flyers look, they kind of have egg on their face with this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Wayne Simmons obviously is not the same player that he was a number of years ago. No. But all you needed to do was watch the um, stadium series outdoor game. He completely changed the complexion of that game when he drilled Brian Dumoulin from the Penguins, clean hit, put him out of the game. In the same play, Chris Letang comes in and he tries to get at Simmons. He gets injured because Ghost slammed him down to the ice. So Simmons, in one fell swoop, basically did something that knocked two Penguins defensemen out of the game. And right. ultimately, probably that ended up being the reason that the Flyers were able to win the game. The Penguins' four remaining defensemen got worn down a little bit. Uh, at the end of the game, the Flyers made that great rally. You know, Wayne Simmons is the kind of guy that that teams need in the playoffs. And I'm kind of surprised that the Lightning didn't really go after him because that's the kind of one element that's missing from that team. But he's exactly what you want in the playoffs. He can score dirty goals in front of the net, which are all the time you see that those are the goals that are get scored in the playoffs. He's very physical, uh, which, again, you saw last season Tom Wilson kind of gave that to the Capitals, helped them on their cup run. So, yeah, he's the perfect kind of target for uh, NHL playoff teams. Now, to be fair, you know, Mark Stone was the premier guy getting traded today. And all week the report was was that Ottawa wanted two prospects and two first-round picks. And ultimately what they got was a very good prospect and Eric Brandstrom, who's probably going to end up being a really good NHL defenseman for a long time. But aside from him, all they got was Oscar Lindbergh, who's kind of like a, a, a toss-in, and a 2020 second-round pick. So for that deal, certainly Stone didn't bring back what the Senators were hoping for, unless they really, really, really like Eric Grassman, which is possible. But Kevin Hayes, who's you know pretty good player for the Rangers, and he's a center, and as Chuck Fletcher pointed out in his press conference today, centers were bringing back more of a return than wingers. But Hayes, they got a first-round pick for Kevin Hayes. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i not so sure that, that he's going to add more to the playoff run for the Jets than Wayne Simmons could add for the Predators. So, the, but the way that the, whole, the, the day went down, you're right. I mean, people were kind of, you refresh Twitter all day long, and ultimately it seemed like Simmons wasn't going to get traded until Mark Stone got traded because some of the same teams were in on both Simmons and Stone. You mentioned the report that came out about the Flames having a deal in place for Simmons and Simmons not agreeing to waive his no-trade clause. So that was reported by Incarcerated Bob, who's a, a rumor monger on Twitter. He's got about 125,000 followers, so he's, he clearly, you know, his, he's got some juice. And then on the NHL Network, they reported that 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 rumor had been reported to them by a number of sources. So it seems like there are some legs to that. It was never confirmed. And of course, in the press conference that Chuck Fletcher had uh, just recently, he said that he categorically denied that there was any deal in place with Simmons that didn't get done because of a no trade clause. So we'll never know if that was actually the case. I did see rumors on Twitter that that deal was for Sam Bennett, who was 22 year old, uh, forward who I would have much rather gotten than Ryan Hartman. But as the day went on, you just kind of got the sense that all the teams that were looking for Simmons were either waiting on stone or were, were making other moves. And it does seem like that the Flyers were kind of scrambling. Now, look, maybe this was the, the idea all along. And Chuck Fletcher wanted to get Ryan Hartman, who he said in his press conference, he was always very impressed with him when Fletcher was the GM for the Wild. And he uh, would, you know, they played Predators, obviously, a decent amount. And so he really said he liked Hartman. Maybe this is what he wanted to do all along. But I have a hard time believing that he didn't think that he was going to get more for Wayne Simmons, which is why I think it, it, it went down to the wire. Um, and quite honestly, you know, <sighs> If I had I had tweeted out yesterday a list of players that I would, wanted to get for Wayne Simmons, it was prospects or a first round pick. They got neither. You know, I'm willing to see what happens with Hartman. Maybe he will develop into a pretty good third line NHL winger. 
and get back to his scoring ways that he had when he was a 22-year-old in Chicago in his first season. But you'd almost rather have them just kept Simmons for the rest of this season yeah, um, and and not upset the apple cart. Obviously, it was very emotional for Drew, Voracek, Couturier. Of course, to play devil's advocate to that, he was probably not going to be re-signed anyway. So we're talking about a 20-game span that wasn't worth keeping him just to keep the players happy. I don't know. Those are the kinds of decisions that Chuck Fletcher has to make. But yeah, it was just, it was just seemed like the way everything un, unfurled, it was just kind of a, a disappointing day from a Flyers fan perspective. Yeah, I was actually thinking of that same thing when it was kind of coming down on the wire and three o'clock hit and then it's like, okay, we're just waiting to see if if the if the um, announcement comes in late on a trade, and when it got to like two fifty five, two fifty seven, like the minutes were counting down, I was thinking, well, okay, well, yeah, would I have liked them to trade him just to to get a return? Yeah, but then then I, the thoughts crept into my mind where I'm like, you know, maybe it's not a terrible thing that they keep him the rest of the year. Because of, you know, maybe the market never played out the way that they wanted it to, and they didn't like any of the returns they were getting, I, you know. But I don't, I don't know, this whole thing has just got me, I'm very underwhelmed. I'm not, I'm not happy about it, first of all. Everyone's upset already that Simmons is gone, and then, I, 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 like I said, I think fans are out there just trying to justify in their heads that this, um, Ryan Hartman guy that they got back is, is worth it. You know, I, I keep seeing people compare their advanced stats and things like that and look the thing about Wayne Simmons that endeared him so much and makes him such a valuable asset to a team especially a team like the Predators making a run for the Stanley Cup is he's a throwback player he's the guy that you know he's he could score the goals he could score the the tough goals he could play well on the power play but also he is a protector of literally everybody else on the team and that in itself is so valuable you see We've seen time and time again, the you know, players will get into a scrum or players get a hit laid on them, and the first person in the guy's face that did it is Wayne Simmons. We saw that in the uh, home and home game, the home and home set with the Red Wings earlier this month. I think the first game, who was it, Drew that took the hit in the game in Philadelphia, and then the next night, um, Simmons was it was like in the first couple minutes. Simmons was dropping the gloves with the guy that did it. So that, yeah, that's Anthony why, Massa. Right. That's why people love Wayne Simmons. And that's why, you know, the send-off with him in a way is fitting. The way that the way that they went out, the way his last game played out with the Flyers. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at at, at all this is gonna play out. We don't know what this we don't know what the draft pick is gonna be down the road. It's most likely gonna be the third rounder. We don't know who they're gonna take. We don't know what Ryan Hartman's gonna do, what's gonna happen with him and his contract. You know, two years from now we could be looking back on this and say, Yeah, this is you know, all in all that was a pretty good trade. It worked out for for everybody. You know, maybe the Predators win the Stanley Cup and, and Simmons gets that and of course Flyers fans will be glued to their TVs rooting for the Predators because that's all we could do anymore is root for guys that used to play for us with new teams. And, you know, maybe the Flyers get a good draft pick out of it, and Brian Hartman, you know, ends up being a productive member of the team and kind of steps into that role that Simmons was in. But, you know, right now, it's just one big question mark that the Flyers, you know, on this whole trade. And you put out a tweet on, you know, kind of what Chuck Fletcher has done since taking over, and you can't, I mean... You, there's not, I guess there's not a lot he could be doing so far, but some of the trades he's made, it's just, you know, it's guys that people have never really heard of, and then you're looking at the trade with with the Oilers, sending Stolars to Edmonton, getting Cam Talbot, who hasn't, who hasn't played a game since. He suited up on Saturday as a backup because Carter Hart's now down, which we're going to get into. It's just, I feel like, at points this season, I feel like Chuck Fletcher's making moves just to make moves because he's the new guy in town. But, I, I mean, so far I'm very I'm, – I'm not pleased with what I've seen from him. I feel like that he's kind of erratic at times, and he gets – he lets the moment get the better of him, and he lets the pressure get to him. But this, this offseason is not – I mean, this offseason is huge for the Flyers. Everybody knows it. The money they're going to have – 
the flexibility they'll have with their roster, you know, he's really going to have to step up because I'm getting the sense, not only from me, I get it the sense from you, I get the sense from a lot of fans out there that they, you know, they're kind of scratching their heads with Chuck Fletcher so far, and he's got a lot to prove in the offseason to really turn this team around and get them taking that next step next season. Yeah, I mean, when they fired Ron Hextall, it was because partly because he was quote unquote unyielding in his plan. Right. Right. So what I said earlier was, I don't know what Chuck Fletcher's plan is. And look, to be fair, we've got to give him this off season. Right. And see, see what moves he makes. But yes, here are the players that Chuck Fletcher has acquired in trades uh, since taking over as general manager, Jacob Greaves, a sixth round pick in 2019, Justin Bailey, Byron Freeze, David Shalemko, Cam Talbot, Ryan Hartman, and a fourth-round pick in 2020 that could become a third-round pick. So, and look, he hasn't traded much away. And to be fair, he's moved. He's done a good job of moving out players who Flyers fans wanted to get moved out. I mean, I don't know if Jordan Wheel was someone who people wanted to get moved out, but they didn't really care about him. Uh, they've waived Laterra. They traded Dale Weiss. You know. He's uh, he, he's he's cut some of the obvious dead weight to me, right? But he hasn't done anything that has been all that positive, or he hasn't done anything that makes me think that he's going to be able to fleece NHL GMs in the offseason. For the last few months since he came on board, we saw kind of rumors that he was going to be making some big trades and there would be surprising Flyers players that were going to be moved. And a lot of people had some trepidation. They didn't want him to trade Sanheim. They didn't want him to trade Ghost. Um, and that's fine. He didn't make those moves, which is a good thing. But I still just don't really know what his plan is. The Flyers are going to have probably 18 to $20 million to spend in the offseason in factoring in that they're going to have to sign Provorov, Konechny, Sanheim, um, and Lawton. Those are the four free agents. And so if you factor in that it's going to cost them maybe 15 to $18 million to sign those guys, they're still going to have another 15 to $20 million on the free agent market. So they're going to have a lot of money to spend this offseason. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Fletcher does, because at this point, I have no idea what his plan is with this team. And it's it's great that we've got Carter Hart and he doesn't have to worry about goaltending as much. But and the other thing I was thinking about today was that this must be a very confusing team to be the general manager of. Because you look and there are there are so many good players on this team, good veterans like Giroux, Couturier, Voracek, Shane Goss's Bear. There's a lot of good young players, Carter Hart. Patrick, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers, Travis Konechny. And you wonder to yourself, why is this team so bad? And then you think, well, what are the things that I could do to improve the team? And it's, I don't think it's the easiest thing in the world. I just wish I had a little bit more of an idea of what Chuck Pletcher's plan was, because I don't have any idea right now. You get, I, I kind of get the sense that he doesn't know either. And you're right. I mean, sometimes these, you know, the GMs step in and they make kind of a savvy move and it gives you some, you know, it gives you some confidence in them. But I kind of feel like that he, and I don't want to use the word bullied because I feel like it's kind of a, kind of a rough word. But in a way, I kind of feel like that he just lets the other general managers and whatever negotiations just kind of like push him around a little bit. And yeah, he. I mean, he hasn't made, like, a huge move yet, and the guys that he's moved out and kind of brought in are just, you know, they're just they're just names. They're nothing that's going to get anybody excited. They're nothing that's going to really help this team progress in any way, shape, or form. But you're right. I mean, if you just look at the landscape of the Flyers right now, it's just kind of like he has so many decisions that he's going to have to make between now and October that – it's it's honestly kind of frightening because we are just I feel like the Flyers and we've said this before the Flyers have just kind of been <coughs> spinning their tires for a few years now and I just I can't stress enough how big this offseason is and there's there's names out there that they could get 
There's names in the pipeline for the for their own prospects that are coming up through the ranks. That what are they going to do with them? It's just. But now, <clears throat> I I wonder when you think about it. Um, Shane Gossespierre and his name was brought up a lot, more so by fans really than anybody else. Um, and the Flyers again have this log jam at the blue line, and they we thought you know we kind of thought going into the deadline that a guy like Gudis could get moved, and that could have been possible had he not gotten suspended for two games and just kind of brought back you know a bad taste in everybody's mouth again. Because now Sam Moren, he's he got he he's done his stint with the Phantoms, and now he's with the big club. And Phil Myers is here. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Robert Haig. You know, Sanheim has to get signed soon. Provorov has to get signed. So that's that in itself, just the blue line alone is something that he has to sift through. And that's that's just a small piece of the puzzle because there's still decisions he has to make with the forwards. What what free agents are, is he going to get? Is Cam, I guess Cam Talbot's the guy that's going to back up Carter Hart for next season. He went out and got him, and he's not even playing tomorrow night. I, I think that they already said that Elliot's going to get the start tomorrow. So everything is just up in the air right now, and it's like there's a there's a million balls flying around, and Chuck Fletcher's just kind of like trying to juggle all of them, and he's I think he's struggling with it so far. I, I think that he kind of bit off a little more than he could chew with this team because there's so many things that need to be done. There's so many big franchise changing decisions that need to be made and I don't think that he's I, I, I think that he's just I don't know. I, I think he's just trying to figure out as he goes and hope something falls in his lap. And that's not how it works. You have to go into it with a plan. And I hope that he has a plan for the offseason and at some point I hope he kind of illustrates that plan for the fans so we know what we're looking at long term with this team but right now it's just kind of like the way I look at it as it's going to be Drew Voracek Couturier as your core guys next year Connecty and Patrick will be there you'll have your your blue liners and then it's just whatever free agents they could get I don't I don't see an urgency for them to bring anybody in I don't know what's going to happen with the head coach he's pissing everybody off too with decisions he's been making it's like the twilight zone we're back with Dave Haxall but now it's Scott Gordon with some of the lineup moves he's making and Dan it's just it is so hectic and I remember just just two three weeks ago when we were coming off the all-star break we were talking playoffs and now here we are again it's just the same old flyers yeah, you mentioned the Scott Gordon frustrating moves that have been going on. And a couple of those today that we should talk about is, is one, it, you know, Radko Gudis is going to be back in the lineup because his suspension is over. And it sounds like from the defense pairings today that Philippe Myers is going to be a healthy scratch uh, for the game Tuesday night, which based on the fact that he's been arguably the Flyers' best defenseman in the last three games, is insane. You're going to go back to Andrew McDonald and Robert Haig, both guys I'm just completely sick of. I was hoping they'd move Haig today. But yeah, you've got to get Phil Myers additional NHL games here down the stretch so that he's ready to take the next step next season. And maybe they will, but I just think it makes absolute zero sense um, to get uh, to, to not have Myers remain in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that's been perplexing over the last number of weeks is that the Flyers have been going with this power play formation that has power play one formation that has almost all the guys in the wrong spots. But Claude Giroux has got a great one-timer from the left face-off dot. Uh, the Flyers inexplicably moved him off that to the right face-off dot and the right wall uh, about a month ago and it's it just it hasn't really worked well. They've had almost all the guys on the power play kind of in the wrong spots, and I don't know what the hell they're doing. So that is just I, I have no idea what's happening there. Um, and then yes, yeah, starting Brian Elliott instead of Cam Talbot. Like Brian Elliott can't be in this team's plans for next season. I wouldn't think. It seems to me that the entire reason they traded for Cam Talbot was because they want to re-sign him for next season. But he's had a terrible season. So you've got to get him some games so that you can see what you've got and if you want to extend him for next season. And, and yet they're rolling Brian Elliott out there. Now, we alluded to some, some Carter Hart news 
which was in the press conference today, Chuck Fletcher mentioned that the injury for Carter Hart, which is an ankle injury, he did say, um, he thinks it's going to be close. Never do. Right, exactly. He thinks it's going to be closer to 10 days than seven days that he's out. But the way that he made it sound was that he said, he said, well, you know, I don't doubt our training staff, but, um, but, you know, I've seen these kind of injuries for goaltenders go downhill fast. So the sense I got from listening to Chuck <laughs> Fletcher's press conference today was that we may not see Carter Hart play another game this season. They may just rest him the rest of the way, which makes sense in a couple of fashions if you're Chuck Fletcher. One is you're not risking your franchise goaltender to some kind of recurring ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the team won't win as many games, so it's kind of a way of quote-unquote tanking. And third, it will probably allow you to get Cam Talbot more starts if Carter Hart is not in the lineup. It's not going to make Flyers fans happy because it's really the, one of the only things that we have to look forward to is watching him play. But I will not be surprised if he doesn't come back this season. So, But anyway, those are, you know, I don't know what Scott Gordon is doing. Uh, hopefully, Myers gets back in the lineup soon. But it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, question marks swirling around this team right now and you mentioned the defensemen they've got way too many defensemen way and these guys are many. yeah these guys are all still under contract for next season so Gudis, mcdonald Haig, he's gonna have to move some of these guys in the offseason yeah i mean i couldn't believe that none of them got moved today at the deadline and you know everyone was everyone was upset when brian elliott got the start in the stadium series and at first it was and me and you were on different sides of this and we were going to talk about it but then the the point became moot once we found out that Carter Hart was injured and that obviously probably played 100% into why Brian Elliott got the start but he had some playing time coming down the stretch this week and not Cam Talbot and you're thinking okay maybe they're trying to showcase him for a trade and he played well on Saturday against Pittsburgh and there was kind of some interest there were rumors that there was some interest in him Today, obviously, that move didn't get made. There was interest, they said, in, in Raffle a little bit. That didn't get made. None of the defensemen, the defensemen got moved. And it's just, they're, I don't know. You're right. I mean, that that was the biggest shock to me today was that neither of the defensemen got traded. I, I, at this point, just because of how many they have, I wouldn't have cared if they got really anything in return for any of them. Just to get some of them off the team and to create space for Myers and now Moren, who has to factor in here some at some point because they have the Flyers have zero idea what they have in this guy. He's been here for quite a few years now. He's only played one NHL game, and it's just you don't know what you have in, in, in him at all. And he's done his rehab stint. He had the injury. He's been out for the whole season, and now this like at this point. The Flyers, and they can't operate like this because they're a professional sports franchise. And as long as they're mathematically in it, you can't say that they're going that that they're going to tank or anything like that. But you're right. If they sit Carter Hart the rest of the season, that's kind of doing it. And if you're going to do that, then just play Sam Moren every game for the rest of the season, so you see what you have because he is such an enigma. Nobody knows. Any like yeah, we've seen him play with the Phantoms. We've seen his his physicality, his toughness. He's obviously is the size of a mountain, and that's great to have when you're clearing guys out of the crease. And that's something that the Flyers lack because they don't they just don't have physical enough defensemen outside of Gudis. So he has intangibles that the Flyers could benefit from, but he has a long injury history, and there's a lot of unknown with him. So I would rather him just be in the lineup every game, and if he sucks, he sucks. But at least we know he sucks, and they could move on from him in the offseason because you know what you have in all the other guys. Phil Myers needs games. You're right. Every game, he needs to be in the lineup. At this point, you don't have to appease the veterans anymore. One of them had to get moved. If you couldn't move McDonald because of his contract and because he's just not a good player, then they had to do whatever they could to move Gudis or Haig. One of them had to get moved, and they're all still here, and now it's just adding to the confusion of a coach that seems like he doesn't have a grip on his own lineup, and that is the scariest thing. And maybe he's trying to get creative. Maybe he's trying to show some versatility so he could lock up a job for next season. 
but I'm not seeing anything from Scott Gordon that says this guy is the op. This guy is the choice long term for the Flyers. I think if Joel Quenville is not the head coach of the Flyers next next season, then Chuck Fletcher has done his team, done this city a huge disservice because he is the best option. The last time they were in this situation was when Mike Babcock was available, and maybe he didn't want Philadelphia. Maybe he wanted Toronto all along. But right now you have a guy that you, Chuck Fletcher, are familiar with, and you have to do everything in your power to bring Joel Quinville here, and you have to do everything in your, in your power to win the offseason unequivocally because if this stuff continues next season and the Flyers are in the same boat that they're in right now then we are we're, we're going down a slippery slope of your your core players are only going to get older and eventually you're going to be redoing this thing all over again so I, I can't say enough how big how mu- how big the pressure is on Chuck Fletcher to turn this team around in one offseason because, yeah, he's only going to be here for a short time, but the progression that some of the players have made to this point tells me and should tell him that it's time for next season for them to turn it around. So he has one offseason to get this thing righted. And it maybe it's unfair, but right now it's, it's, the, it's, it's his situation and he has to deal with it. Yeah, it's, the offseason is going to be really interesting because, like you mentioned, I mean, let's look at, Let's just take a look at the defensemen right now that the Flyers have got on the roster. So, you know, we've got Ivan Provorov is going to need a new contract. Travis Sanheim needs a new contract. Shane Goss is bare signed for the next five years. Uh, you've got Robert Haig signed for the next two years. I guess the next the, one more season. Andrew McDonald's got another season left. Radko Gudis has got another season left. That's six guys right there. Now you talk about Phil Myers, who's going to have to be one of their top six defensemen next season. Then Sam Moran, who you mentioned, we've got to find out what we've got in him. Sam Moran just came back from knee reconstruction surgery. And the, the issue with him is that he's at an age where they can't send him back down to the Phantoms uh, without him clearing waivers. So if they don't trade him over the summer, they are going to have to have him on the Flyers next season, or they're going to have to send him down, which won't happen because he'll get claimed. He won't be yep. here. So that's eight defensemen right there that they've got to figure out what to do with. You hear rumors that they maybe want to bring in another defenseman, um, <laughs> you know, because got to upgrade somewhere. That would be nine if they end up doing that. So there's there's a lot to figure out from that perspective i you know i've been really impressed with the ghost myers pairing and i'm kind of hoping that that next season the top two pairings are Provorov, sandheim and ghost myers unless they're going to you know bring in a really good top pairing defenseman hey maybe they could sign eric carlson maybe that's maybe. one of the things they'll go out and do you never know i mean they're gonna have a lot of money yeah, and they will and mark mark stone's off the table he signed an extension with vegas doesn't sound like panarin wants to come to philadelphia so Eric Carlson's going to – what about Panarin? Yeah. I mean, Panarin has, has basically said or people close to him have said that he either wants to play in um, in Florida, with Florida or Tampa, or he wants to play in a big city like L.A. or New York. Jesus because, Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – you know, I, I, I would be very surprised if Flyers end up getting Artemi Panarin. So so now some of the big free agents are, aren't going to be available. I mean, you've got uh, Jeff Skinner and and Matt Duchesne, but again, I don't think the, those are the kinds of guys the Flyers are going to sign. So it's going to be a, a very interesting offseason. You know, <laughs> the, Morgan Frost is absolutely tearing up the OHL right now. He's averaging 1.98 points per game. Uh, to put that into perspective, the guy in third place in the OHL is at 1.65 points per game. So Morgan Frost is is playing at a level right now where he he might make the Flyers out of camp next season, and he could be this this team's third line center for uh, a long time to come. Eventually, maybe moving up. Joel Farabee has been incredible in the NCAA this season. He's a year younger than Frost. Uh, he's he's running away with the freshman scoring title in the NCAA. He's been on fire recently. So you've got 
with Faraby and Frost, you've got two really high-end forward prospects. Uh, but you don't know when they're going to be ready to make a big NHL impact. So, you know, the team's probably going to have to go after a forward in the offseason. There's just a, there's just, to me, there's just as much uncertainty with this team as there was when Fletcher took over. And so I guess I would have thought that between him taking over and now, we would know more about the direction of this team, and we don't. So willing to give him some time here, but but it's just it, there's a little bit of frustration because you haven't seen any type of plan materialize, which which we talked about already. Can I vent for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Get it when, out, buddy. Um, when did Philadelphia not be when, – when did it get demoted from being a big city? Well, I think that Panarin's girlfriend or um, you know something what? is is a, a model or something and wants to. That's why they want to be in New York or L.A. I'd heard something about that. Well, fantastic for her. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Philadelphia is only two hours from New York. I think she will manage. J.J. Redick of the Sixers commutes every day from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. So I, I am so sick and tired of, of this city losing out on big free agents in all sports, and now we could just add we could add hockey right to it, to basketball, to baseball, now that the Dodgers are in on Harper. Nobody wants to come here, and I can't figure out why. If I hear L.A. in the mix for, one, for another big free agent one more time, I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs. I don't understand why nobody wants to come here. I don't understand what's so unappealing about this city, because to me, I think it is literally the best sports city in America, if not the world. I know there's some, you know, European cities with their soccer, and that's great. Good for them. But, and me, I think a lot of it is probably because they're intimidated by the fans, because we get a bad rap, because we demand, I guess, too much from our athletes. Excuse us for wanting our athletes to play well and not accepting anything but the best. So you know what? If Artemi Panarin and any other, if Eric Carlson and any other big name free agent doesn't want to come here, they want to go to the bright lights of LA or New York, then good for them. Have fun and go there. Take your money and do whatever the hell you want with, because at the end of the day, the Flyers are going to end up being better than the Rangers with Panarin and LA with whoever. I am tired of New York. I am tired of LA. And I, I just want the Flyers. It, it makes me want the Flyers and every other team in this city to win so bad because of all these guys that don't want to come here and make us like we're some second class city when we are not. Because we're, yeah, we're the stepbrother, I guess, to New York, Boston, and I guess, hell, even, even Baltimore. Because People, people want to go to Washington more than they want to come here, and that's fine. At the end of the day, we will be better for it, and we're going to have homegrown talent, and teams want to buy championships, that's fine. Philadelphia will be better off without these people, except Bryce Harper. I still want him. I had to get my van out because I'm, I'm so sick and tired of, of we're just never in play for anybody because we're not L.A. or New York or we don't have warm weather like Florida. It, it's... It's so frustrating as a fan to hear that off season after off season in every sport. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. And it's it's the, when I was growing up, the syndrome was that we were kind of in between Boston, New York, and DC sports right. towns that always would get more attention than Philadelphia did. So winning the Super Bowl obviously was huge, and then winning the World Series uh, back in two thousand eight. Got the bank banner hanging in my uh, my man cave here was great, uh, but yeah, I mean it's there's always a little bit of an inferiority complex with with the Philly fans. I think um, That's huge. Uh, should we get to some questions? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we got a, a bunch of good questions from folks. So Lou Crocetto, one of our good followers at L. Crocetto 67 asked, assuming Elliot is traded, I guess Talbot is the starter. Well, we already covered this. They didn't trade Elliot, which again was a little bit annoying, but I figure since Hart's probably going to be out the rest of the season, yeah. or at least the next few weeks, that they wouldn't trade him. Also, if Raffle and Simmers moved, will we see NAK or someone else get called up? Well, probably not, because they didn't trade Raffle, and they and in return for Simmer, they get a guy that's going to replace him in the lineup. 
So let me ask you a question so, real quick. Yep. I kind of I kind of mentioned this with the defenseman. Don't don't do you think it would have been better for the Flyers to move a guy like Raffle or I mean I don't know about Elliot anymore because we don't know what's going to happen with Hart's injury, but like a guy like Raffle, like how much could Chuck Fletcher think he was going to get for him? Isn't it better just to make a move, just for the sake of making a move in a case of a guy like Michael Raffle? Yeah, I mean that's I had all these people on Twitter barking at me saying you know when I was talking about how I wouldn't trade Simmons unless we got a specific return and they were like you've got to get all the assets you can and now the same people are criticizing me for saying well why didn't we trade raffle even if it was going to be a fifth or sixth round pick yeah yeah I, I my theory is that the Simmons thing came down to the wire so closely that Fletcher just didn't have time to to properly try and get a fifth or a sixth round pick for Michael raffle from someone Look, maybe nobody wanted him, but when I see the list of players that were traded today, Raffle's better than some of them. So, yeah, I I definitely would have tried to trade Raffle for a fifth or sixth round pick. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah. I'm so fr- – this, this this recording has just done nothing but frustrate me. I want to let you know. <laughs> What's the All next right. Well, do, okay, so this is, this, this is not really – well, this question comes from a Dave Haxtell account. This is actually a pretty funny account to follow. It's had veteran presence and oh, it's yeah. at, at fourth line, best line. And, and this Twitter account tweets <laughs> out some hum- humorous things pretending to be kind of like a Dave Haxtell advocate. So right. he asks, what is our current level and status of the team's veteran presence? And is there a plan to bolster it? So, uh, you know, it's a great question. I wish if only Dave Haxtell wasn't in Sweden out there, you know, trying to, to figure out how he can become a, a better head coach, then maybe we could have him on the show to, to answer the question. But, yeah. Hey, um, do you think Dave Haxtell has, like, a PR team that I could get in touch with to try to get an interview with him? How do you reach Dave oh, yeah. Haxtell? Yeah, I think you've got to fly over to Sweden, or we could try and uh, get We're in touch with some in of our – Maybe Felix Sandstrom's dad could do some reconnaissance for us and find him. Yeah, I mean, we're big in Sweden. The Swedes love us. I guess I, I would have to imagine one of them could go track them down for us and just like, exactly. you know, that's say what like, I hey, think. give this we'll, guy a call. They want to talk to you. I'm we'll have to get to, working on that. I'm going to try it. Um, okay, Gus, at Gus from Philly. This is a good question. Considering the moves he's made so far, what moves can Fletcher make in the offseason that will redeem himself in your eyes? Well, well what I want him to do is I want him to uh, I want him to buy out Andrew McDonald, and I want him to trade Robert Haig. He's got to he's got to make one of those two moves. So I, I want either Haig or McDonald, or maybe both of them, off of this roster. That's one of the things that I want. And what else would I like to see? I want him. Quite honestly, he he needs to sign someone. I, you know, I. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they take a run at, at Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stone was the guy who I really wanted them to go after, but he's off the market. We talked about Panarin. If like if he could convince Panarin to come sign here, that would be great. But mainly, I want him to clean up what's going on with our defensemen, and I would like him to figure out a way to 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 solve this problem of of why i don't know what why is this team with so much talent not playing as well as they have so you know try and get joel quenville and move raff move um mcdonald or haig and maybe you know bring in carlson or find a way to trade for a uh a, a top six forward yeah i mean to me i think the way this offseason shakes out for the Flyers, I, I think to really excite the fans, to really get them behind what they're doing, they need to bring in a name, something that everybody knows. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric Carlson would be huge, obviously, but that that just, if they, get, if they bring in Carlson, that just furthers their need to clear up the rest of the blue line. There's, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of fat on this roster that needs to be trimmed off. They got rid of some of it with, um... <laughs> with Weiss and Laterra and stuff like that, and that's great. Um, but there's still some other guys. You mentioned the two big ones, McDonald and and Haig. I don't know. I mean, you, 
What's good, what's good about Chuck Fletcher is he doesn't have too much of an allegiance to these guys because he had nothing to do with the acquiring of any of them. So he gets to look at it from kind of an unbiased and open mind. So I guess in a way that'll help the Flyers, but what what can, you know, bring him to a good light in my eyes is they have to, you know, one of these big free agents that are out there, they have to bring in. And, you know, maybe you go full court press and try to, if, if Panarin doesn't want to come here, if he doesn't, if this isn't big enough of a city for him, then fine. There's other guys out there that can improve the team. So I would, you know, one of the one of the top five guys that are going to be available, I think that the Flyers have to be players for, and they have to get at least one of them. Kevin Benner at Kevin Easy RQ asks: Does Moran get some playing time or spend the rest of the season as the extra D man? They need to see what they have at some point, right? And yeah, we both talked about this. They've got to find a way to get Moran some playing time. Because if they don't, I don't know how you figure out what you do with him for next season. They can't set him down to the Phantoms next season. He's going to have to clear waivers, which he won't. So I feel like, yeah, they got to get him some playing time. But right now, it doesn't look like they're going to move away from McDonald and Haig as the third pairing. So... You know, they've got to get Myers playing time. They're not even doing that. I don't know what they're going to do with Sam Moran, but they do need to get him some playing time. That's imperative, and I already said it. You don't know what you have in him. You don't know what type of player he could be in the NHL. So, yeah, absolutely. I already said I would play him every game for the rest of the season because the season's a loss. Everybody knows that the Flyers probably know, but they can't really act on it. Because it just, I guess it sets a bad precedent. But yeah, it, it, Moran needs to be in every game from now until the end of the season so they know what they have in him. Two more questions. Johan Gustafsson at Philly Bastard. And Johan always comes through with uh, some great knowledge for us uh, about what's going on with Felix Sandstrom. He's good at keeping me in the loop on that. But So he's always interested in the goaltenders. He asks, if Elliot will still be around, what happens with Talbot? So yeah, we covered that a little earlier. I'd say that Hart's probably going to miss more time than we thought, and I would suspect that Elliott and Talbot kind of split starts the rest of this season. That's that's what I would expect there. Um, and then a final question, fittingly from our buddy Flyers Rob at NAA Robert Wilson. He's got a three-part question. I'll let you answer the first one, and then I'll give my take on him. He asks, who are the winners and losers at the trade deadline? Well, I think the Flyers are the losers. I think they, you know, they had they had too much that needed to be done and didn't do enough. The winners, you know, may, you maybe go with Vegas because they got Mark Stone and they got him, you know. That that's always big for me with these guys that are going to be that are on expiring deals to get them in early and, you know, get them in a new city and just kind of you know, have the edge on the free agency market. And obviously the the uh, Golden Knights did just that because they already locked them up to a contract. So I would say either Vegas or Nashville because I think, you know, Nashville got Simmons and they, I can't, his name escaping me that the other player that they acquired, but I think they definitely got guys that are going to help them make a run. Um, they're having a great season. I think they're, you know, they're going full court press to win the Stanley Cup and, they did, you know, they did what they needed to do to to make that even more of a possibility. So I would either go with Vegas or, or Nashville. Yeah, I think that uh, I think a couple teams that I think really improved themselves. I think that the Jets getting Kevin Hayes was a big yeah. deal. He's had a really good season for the Rangers. He's going to be their, you know, second line center. Uh, I think Columbus clearly was a big winner. I mean, they didn't move. Panarin, they're all in. They added Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle, and then they traded for a decent defenseman and Adam McQuaid today. So it's really impressive what, what Kekka and the GM at Columbus, has done. And I think that uh, the Sharks actually made up a, a pretty good pickup getting Gustav Nyquist for, yeah, I think it was like a second or third round pick. He's a pretty good winger. So those would be my winners. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Flyers are definitely one of the losers at the deadline. I mean, we were expecting to get more back for Simmons. I think that, uh, I think Ottawa actually did okay getting Eric Branstrom, but I'm surprised they couldn't get a first round pick back for, for Mark Stone. Right. Um, 
And I think that uh, the Wild were a loser. I mean, they traded Mikhail Granlund straight up for Kevin Fiala. I like Granlund more than Fiala, but we'll see how that pans out. Uh, also, Rob, real quick, add Dallas yeah. to the list of losers um, only because they got Zuccarello and then, like, his debut just gets, like, an awful injury and now he's out. So, I mean. Oh, I know. I felt so bad for them. I mean, that was a great trade for them. And then the guy was. breaks his arm the next game. Yeah, I mean, it's a they're winners in the trade, but ultimately the fact that he's already done is uh will we'll make some losers. But yeah, yeah. I mean, a Flyers Rob asked two questions, which I don't really have the answers to. Number seventeen is available in Nashville. Will Simmons get it? I mean, I I'd assume I so, yes. unless he he wants to change it. And then he asked, was there no interest in Elliott and Raffle? So you know, this is like what we we said. I mean, Elliott they probably didn't want to trade because Hart uh, is injured. And Raffle, I don't know. I feel like they could have gotten a fifth-round pick in 2024 or something like that. There's just no point in holding on to Raffle. But no, I, there's none. They could have got a so, bucket of water for Michael Raffle, and I would have been happy. I'm a little thirsty, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, at, you know, as always, we love the, we love the questions that come in from, uh, from the listeners out there. Maybe Johan Gustafsson can can track down Dave Haxtell for me. Yes, exactly. I put a tweet out calling all Swedes. If anybody has any information on Dave Haxtell, please let me know. I would love to um, love to. I'd love to have a nice conversation with a brick wall, and I feel like he's the perfect one to do that with. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, obviously, Dan, it's. It, it's been a frustrating episode for sure. This did not do anything for my morale. Um, you know, it's, it's sad. And look, I'm, I'm going to end it with this. And I, I, I said before that I'm not one to get, you know, sent sentimental about, about athletes in my life, guys that like have really changed and made a lasting impression on me. As far as athletes go, there's really only two. It's Brian Dawkins and it's Allen Iverson. Those were the two that I was most upset to see leave Philadelphia. Um, but a guy like Wayne Simmons just completely and totally exemplifies what this city is and what this city expects. He's a guy that came in from day one and just got it. He got what it meant to be a flyer. He got what it meant to play in Philadelphia. He really became a fan favorite almost immediately just by the, his style of play. You know, I, I said earlier with the big name free agents that may get intimidated coming to Philly because, you know, us as fans, we can be tough on players and, and guys like Wayne Simmons that don't mind it and accept it and just realize that it's par for the course when you're coming here. It's just, it's part of what happens. And, you know, it, this, this is a guy that he's one of the guys that we're always going to remember just, I you know, 10, 20 years from now, people are going to be talking about Wayne Simmons because it's just the great things that he did in a Flyers jersey for the eight years that he was here. He was part of the big Mike Richards trade in 2011 on my birthday, a day I'll never forget. And, you know, it's a sad day, but, you know, it's a day that inevitably comes with every athlete. They don't stay in one place forever anymore. It's just, it doesn't really happen. So um, I know I'm going to miss Wayne Simmons. Dan, I'm sure you will. The city of Philadelphia will miss Wayne Simmons. So, just want to thank him for just being a guy that 1,000% is the type of athlete that we love in Philadelphia, and he lived it every day, game in and game out, was always, you know, he was just, he was the man to, you know, to put it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very upsetting watching the Flyers game tomorrow night without Wayne Simmons in the lineup. It is. I mean, he's just a guy that you're used to seeing in the lineup. For the Flyers, mm-hmm. defending his teammates, just there. I mean, it's 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 going to be uh, it's it certainly is going to be difficult. And like I said, he probably wasn't going to be coming back next season anyway. Right. Um, you know, which lessens the sting a little bit. But it's uh, it's it's upsetting that, that there's going to be no Wayne Simmons for the Flyers the rest of the season and probably uh, the rest of his career. Right. And. Tremendous game on Saturday for him to go out on. The stadium series was awesome. Everybody that was down there, it looked like such a blast. I was, I'm a kind of a guy, I've never been to an outdoor game. I know you have, you kind of, you know, I don't want to say you talk shit on it, but you, you know, you, you, with those outdoor games, you kind of just have to take it for what it is. You're going to the game just to drink in the atmosphere and because the quality of watching the game isn't the best, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, the video after the game of him getting the helmet, it, it's all fitting. It was all a fitting send-off for Wayne Simmons. It could not have ended any better. Best of luck to him in Nashville. Hopefully they win the Stanley Cup this year and they party on Broadway, you know, in downtown Nashville because it's a party down there all the time anyway. So I can only imagine what a Stanley Cup parade would be like down there. So, Dan, it's time for you to go. Um, I'll let you lead off with the shameless plugs. I know you love this. So if everybody, if anybody wants to argue with you about Ryan Hartman and the acquisition of him, where could they do that at? They can argue with me at dsilver88. Uh, on Twitter, and you can uh, check out my Flyers Prospect articles at phillyisflyer.com. That's uh, www.phillyisflyer.com. Absolutely. Best prospect man in the business by far. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman. Two ends. You can follow the show's account at underscore getting bullied. Again, calling all you Swedes. If anybody knows where Dave Haxall is, find him and give him my number. You can slide in my DMs and get that from me. Um, you know, again, somber day in Philadelphia, but it's one that we all saw coming. Wayne Simmons now with the Nashville Predators. Hopefully, we have some good hockey to talk about on the next episode of Getting Bullied. But in all likelihood, we will not. Until next time, everybody enjoy whatever's left of this Flyers season. And I guess let's go Flyers.